It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. And in our studios today, I have Crystal Desilet, and she is the Indigenous Rights Program Coordinator for Keras. And Keras is an acronym? Uh, Kairos, actually. Sorry, yes, Kairos. It's okay. Um, it's a... Uh... It's a representation of uh, basically numerous ecumenical groups. Yes, it is. Yes, um, Canadian Ecumenical Justice Initiatives is is really the the full title. Um, yeah. So why the name Caros? Originally, it had been um, Project North. Okay. Way back in the seventies, right. it had stemmed from allyship. Uh, around ecumenical bodies and, you know, youth, mm-hmm. as they are the mm-hmm. often the catalyst in situations. <laughs> um, so a lot of youth in the 70s were really, um, I guess young people, they were really moved by some of the environmental injustices that were happening. A lot of Indigenous rights were being trampled for uh, development issues, and it really spawned with a particular um request for support in in frontline advocacy and allyship and it just snowballed from there from the 70s and it's taken a lot of twists and turns and uh the last the last decade or so it's been kairos Um, Mm. and they are uh, they just kind of bring everyone together all these different faiths to advocate for rights for everybody really and in doing so uh they always champion things and Absolutely. one of the champion thing things they're championing, uh, champion, <laughs> if I've got that correct, <laughs> right now is a very special month having to do with climate. Yes. And um, I don't like the word climate change because I think we're long past the change. I think it's more of a crisis at this point. I don't know if you agree with that, but absolutely, I would absolutely agree with it. Uh, so so uh, Kairos has this month of uh, action uh, action events and things that are happening uh, in what right across the country, I'm guessing, is it? Really globally. If we're okay. trying to bring together awareness for what everyone's doing everywhere. Mm. Um, just last week, uh, kind of our kickoff week, we had uh, you know a highlight of something that was happening in the States, which was don't drive from nine to five. Um, this week we're focusing on Indigenous rights, which is why it's so great to be in this space talking about uh, Climate Action Month. The campaign is really to challenge people to think out of their comfort zones, you know, explore areas related to climate and the climate crisis. Uh, you know, the headlines this morning were all about, you know, the election's going to be called the climate election and mm. things like that. And <clears throat> it should be. Rightly so, it should be. And that's really what Climate Action Month is about, is just getting people's people to think about it and to really um, ask questions of their products, of their dollars, where they're, you know, whether they're involved in, you know, financial stuff or what have you. There's all kinds of ways that we can follow that trail and do our own research and find out what it is we support, whether you know, consciously or unconsciously, what 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 are the actions that are going to lead to climate 
change. <laughs> changing it back. Changing you know, changing it to better. Right. Well, to some conservational yeah. approaches, right? Mm. One of the most common things that I like to educate people about, and I'm going to use this platform to to do that, is micro fleece, polar fleece. Everybody loves fleece, mm. especially with the weather turning cold. It is a product, a byproduct of the oil industry. Mm. So that's a very, you know, that's not a widely known fact. And a lot of people, you know, just getting those bits of information can really make a difference. Mm. Well, I am always, uh, on a personal note, I'm always aware of the kind of things like fleece might be made of simply Mm -hmm. because I can't wear most of them. I have to wear as close to natural fibers as possible because I just don't react well to them, anything that's that's not uh, not natural. So so I guess that's a plus for me in some ways. I'm already on that road to uh, not not going down there with with the – with doing those and supporting the oil industry, I guess you might say, with the byproduct of things that they're making. What what, what are the, some of the other things that you're hearing about uh, that are going on in this month? And, and Well, there's quite a bit. As we know, um, this month is going to kind of cap off with the big uh, youth climate strike. Hmm. And this year, the youth have asked for an intergenerational call for support. So we're trying to uh, engage that where, you know, a lot of the month is leading up to this climate strike and making sure that that intergenerational call out is heard. Um, Other pieces include uh, spotlighting Indigenous um, solutions where um, First Nations and uh, Inuit Métis companies are starting social enterprises, supporting their families, and contributing to solutions. Um, one company is um, Birch Bark Coffee. I don't know mm. if you've heard of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, Superior, I believe it's Superior Solutions, and they're out of Red River Indian Band up north. And is, Are they the one that do the tours? No, okay. they. This is a First Nations-owned company. The gentleman, his main area of the company is actually um, health uh, okay. devices and things mm. like that. But they've recently opened into another area where they're um, still related, but it's uh, fire solutions, mm. eco-friendly fire solutions. So they actually have a device that costs, uh, I believe, it's three thousand dollars. I'm would have to get back on the facts on that. Hopefully that that information is forthcoming in our Climate Action Month. Go to the website. Um, but they have it so that you can mount it on the back of a truck. You could put it on a four-wheeler. They have different sizes. It could be carried in a backpack. And these are real solutions for, you know, remote communities that are struggling without, you know, adequate fire response uh, infrastructure. They don't... So, so this is something that, that is meant to act as an for in the in the event of an emergency for yes, fire a fire okay sorry okay. and it it basically you activate it and it puts out this foam oh yeah okay and the foam is completely non-toxic mm. safe mm. it could go off in a contained area it could right. coat your whole family and there would be zero repercussions you could eat it if you wanted to mm. but it quickly puts out 
large fires. Kind of like smothers it and yes. and um, and sort of takes the oxygen away or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've heard about these. Things. And very accessible. If you you know if your only response to a fire is you know seven hours away, right? You know we've had several tragedies in right. First Nations communities you know all year long in the headlines yeah. uh, where there just wasn't that uh, they don't. They didn't have the the staff or the resources to address the fire. Um, a lot of the housing is insecure, and as far as quality and uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Just just not very good quality. These mm-hmm. houses, and they are burning easily, or because people are patching together solutions for heat or cooking, or mm. so this kind of thing. Spotlighting these businesses and their own. Uh, this particular company, they hold the only North American license to distribute this product that's, I believe, from Germany or Denmark. Mm. So making these kinds of um, highlights mm-hmm. and showing how, uh, you know, a, a lot of with Kairos right now is we're trying to bring back Indigenous-led and making sure that Indigenous voices are centered and when we look at climate solutions, that's absolutely one of my objectives mm. in Climate Week, uh, Climate Month, sorry. But uh, those are some of the things that I'm super excited about. Um, um, now, how does this tie in with reconciliation? Mm. So <sighs> there's a lot of, you know, reconciliation is just bandied about, as we mm. know. A lot of a lot of Indigenous folks will tell you that. Okay, let's hear what you're going to say about reconciliation. So I think that one of the things I've put kind of out there is the idea of plantkin reconciliation and the fact that as humans, we need to reconcile that we are the dependent species. That is the most important and pressing reconciliation right now. Yes, absolutely. We need to, you know, make amends and address, um, you know, basically the, the divide between indigenous and non-indigenous people. And, um, and I certainly feel that that's valuable work. That being said, you know, we're running out of time with our with our earth so we have to really kind of double down there and i think that's where it ties into reconciliation is we there's there's prophecies there's the eighth fire there's these things where you know for a long time our our elders through oral storytelling and things of that nature have been telling us there's going to be a time and it's coming and if we don't miss it then indigenous and non-indigenous are going to be working together for the betterment of the next eight, you know, mm. the future mm. generations. And that's where we're at. Mm. The time for the eighth fire is now. Mm-hmm. The prophecies are happening now. And if we can kind of all join in <laughs> for the sake of... Uh, well, you know, it's interesting how it, in many ways, you know, speaking of, uh, of reconciling with the earth, mm-hmm. as, you, as you pointed out, it's interesting that... Um, Indigenous people have, of course, always known this. And it just seems to be that the, the circle is coming round that non-Indigenous people who, who have Europeans, uh, whoever you want to say, the mainstream society that has looked at the planet as a place to use and abuse and just just without without concern about what it is, what's happening. It's, it's like, you know, I guess if you were 
if you were eating peanuts and throwing everything out the window, you know, right? You were throwing all the shells out the window. At some point, you'd look out the window and the shells would be piling up pretty high because you haven't done anything to to think about what you're actually doing. And, right. and, and that, to some degree, is I think what you're talking about is that it's the world has to start thinking indigenous. <laughs> well, yeah, indigenizing thought, absolutely. And the scholars and the academics, they're certainly banging their drums as loud as they can. And uh, it's, I mean, when we think about indigenous, non-indigenous, I mean, there's been so many times where, you know, society has united with, you know, back to the land movements mm. or things like that, where there was absolutely an appreciation for conservation brought to the forefront. And I don't think that's a, an indigenous only kind of approach, mm. but it, it, it's absolutely, um, you know, it's time to make it fashionable again. We're ready. People are ready. You know, I, I know lots of people who carry their own reusable straws and, mm. and take classes to mm. learn about reducing their waste and right. all these good things. So you're listening to Element FM, and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is Crystal Desile, and she is the Indigenous Rights Program Coordinator for Kairos. And did I say that correctly? You did, you did. Thank you. <laughs> and um, we've been talking about uh, Kairos and their Climate Action Month that they have going on. Uh, something she mentioned earlier was leading up to this uh, climate strike that the youth are doing and wanting a multi-generational uh, involvement for it. Now, do we, do you know dates on that or when that's going to happen? So the or? actual strike is the 27th. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know that the Cairo staff have been encouraged to schedule to participate in this event. Mm -hmm. um, I really hope that other organizations, employers, uh, bodies, <laughs> which whoever your people are and wherever you're keeping them, please let them out for this strike because it's important. Let's really clarify to our politicians in the running that it is a climate mm. election. And one of the, uh, one thing I'd really like to bring up about uh, Climate Action Month uh, is a group that we're trying to bring a lot of attention to. And they're the water walkers, the Mother Earth water walkers. Thank you. I was going to mention that mm. next, so I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> so they're trekking along. Uh, they left from Matant, Quebec uh, at the end of August. And they actually have um, some, they've, they've gotten the technology going and you can track along online as far as their progress every day, where they're at. Uh, this is a smaller group than other years, but that's really because it's not an easy thing to do a water walk. Right. Um, the group is uh, growing and shrinking, but it's based on when people can get away to participate. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, there is a core group of about 11, and they're making this walk on foot in all kinds of weather, and the donations aren't there like they were before. And so they're having gaps on their walk as far as, um, you know, they they feed everyone, they mm -hmm. house everyone at night, things like that. So if there's anyone who's interested in offering support on their route, please feel free to get in touch with me. I can connect you directly to the group um, to, to arrange any offers. Um, they're quite happy to get offers of, you know, oh, you're coming through such and such town. We'll have supper ready for you. Mm. Um, those kinds of 
community responses to the water walk is absolutely welcome and very much appreciated. Right. And how can people get a hold of you, by the way? Well, you can get a hold of me best through email. I'm kind of always on the run. Uh, so it's C-D-E-S-I-L-E-T-S at kairoscanada.org. And it is on the website. Um, and, and the, Kairos, wa- and the, the uh, Kairos uh, website address is? At kairoscanada.org. Okay. And the Mother Earth Water Walkers have their own website where you can actually donate directly to them. Uh, so they can get that on their on the road while they're whatever their needs might be. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, thanks for mentioning that because I was uh, I was going to now you know with this uh, the climate strike uh, and and the and the upcoming election uh, of course there's a couple of big names that are sort of put their name their their, their themselves out there uh, associated with this of course David Suzuki right being one and um, do you know who the other politician who has come is associated with him i don't escaping me but he's well known and i apologize for not remembering who that is at the moment but you can find out more about that because they are they are also on board with making this a, a political issue uh, not to support any particular party but just right across the board say this is important we need to get on it it's time yeah it really is um so is there going to be some focus though for the strike is there any focal area or thing that's happening with it well, my understanding is past strikes were really about the youth and their eco-grief mm. and communicating that in society and showing that through their you know, peaceful protest. Mm. This year, it really is about calling on the other generations because it was such a youth-focused event last year. Now, I can't speak for the organizers, but I do know that there was an intergenerational call-out put out quite, quite early in the year, and Kairos has been circulating that call out heavily in the network because we have such a great network. Um, but it's really to, you know, to, for anyone over the years, maybe that we're part of the back to the land movement or maybe youth or everyone in between. Um, it's really to get that representation and to show with your physical being that you are invested and you care about the climate crisis. Mm. Well said. You're listening to Element FM. My guest has been Crystal Desolet. She is the Indigenous Rights Program Coordinator for Kairos. And uh, as mentioned, you can get hold of her if you want to find out more about what's happening this month with Kairos and the Climate Action Month that they have going on or the climate strike. Uh, Their ideas in terms of uh, reconciliation with the planet. And uh, you can go to their website at kairoscanada.org. And you can also get hold of her directly at cdesilet at kairoscanada.org. It's been a pleasure having you here today. Thanks for coming in and telling us about this. And I uh, wish you all the best with not only uh, Climate Action Month, but all the other uh, things that, that Kairos is going to be undertaking and moving forward with. Miigwech. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Gabriel Daniels is a Winnipeg Indigenous actor who has played roles in such feature films as Eye of the Beast, Road to Inequity, Goon, Promise, The Don Cherry Story, Pinkertons, and CBC's acclaimed drama, Burden of Truth. In addition, Gabriel's first major television role was in CBC's Frostfire. Now, Daniels is starring in the musical film Stand by director Adatui. Daniels was born in Ottawa and grew up in Edmonton. He's the son of prominent national Métis leader, Harry Daniels. 
Gabriel's acting career began in high school drama classes and continued with theater classes at Edmonton's regional theater, The Citadel. In Stand, Gabriel plays Gabriel, the First World War vet returned to the social upheaval that is a post-war Canada in a role that is being described as Gabriel's breakout role. He brings a deeply nuanced portrayal of a Métis soldier caught between his newfound sense of honor as a decorated soldier and the burden of a post-war society that does not honor his person. In addition to his role as a prominent actor, Gabriel took an active role in Daniels vs. Canada, uh, cast as the Supreme Court of Canada that was saw Métis people afforded status equal to other Indigenous people. Gabriel Daniels, welcome to Moment of Truth and Element FM. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I'll just give people a little bit uh, more information about uh, the, the movie itself and uh, what the musical is about. So Stand transports us to Winnipeg in 1999, and I did say that earlier, didn't I? I, I apologize. I guess the thing is that Stand also uses uh, history as a metaphor for a current world of nativism and discrimination, and it leaves us with the renewed... Uh, understanding of what it means to be a citizen in a diverse democracy with an, uh, an inspiring message delivered by song, right? And hearts can change, and the change starts in mine. Have you done much musical work in the past? I've never done. This is my first musical. So, so, so how is that for you as, a, as an actor getting into uh, some, some new territory? Oh, I love it. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm always up for something new that I've never done so and this is the, my first musical I, I don't sing in it so uh, when I was when we were making the film none of my scenes have singing in it mm. so but when I watched the film and the first when the first song came out um, I was like oh right it's a musical I'm like, none of my scenes have uh, any singing so but uh, no it's it's uh, it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of the musical for sure so when you got the script and you saw it as a musical, but also about uh, this this Métis soldier returning from the war, and we know uh, about that history, of course. Right. Uh, what did you think when you saw it? Well, it was it, um, to go back mm -hmm. a few years ago, quite a few years ago. I was uh, developing a, a Tommy Prince uh, story. Yeah. And uh, so in doing that, I was I was doing a lot of research on uh, First Nation veterans. Anyways, it it didn't go anywhere. So when this script came to me, and I and I was like, oh man, because I I I've always wanted to play uh, a vet, uh, First Nation veteran. So um, when I got the script, I was like, oh man, this is great. Like I I gotta play this part. Like it was it was uh, a dream come true. Did you um, you know, I, when I saw the trailer and I looked at, you know everything that they're rolling into this film in terms of Winnipeg, First World War, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the immigrants, right? The, the, the idea of standing up for your rights and, uh, and all of those things, you know, it, it does, it, it really does uh, sort of bring in a lot of familiar things and a lot of familiar stories that when, when you look at it, um, a, a lot of, a lot of people share the same story, right? Indigenous people have had the brunt of it, uh, but other people also uh, have have also dealt with these kind of things. But I think it's interesting because of that that maybe more people don't recognize 
the plight of indigenous people. Well, yeah, you know, it it always seems to be the the th- anytime you hear about a, a story of of uh, Canada or, or or immigrants and whatnot, it's 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 usually focused on their their struggle, why they left, and why and they came here. Well, you know, we came here with nothing, and we you know we had to do all this and blah blah blah. But meanwhile, well, that's great, but. Um, it was our suffering that allowed mm-hmm. for people to come here, and uh, so uh, I was very happy um, that they, uh, Danny and uh, Rick, wrote my character into this fantastic story. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I don't know. So, where was it filmed in Winnipeg? Yes, all Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when did it start? When did you guys start filming, and when was it completed? Last year, uh, I think we started filming in August and finished in September. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as you said, uh, you don't have any any singing roles. You're not no. in any of those any of those scenes. But um, it is a musical. Yes. And uh, obviously, as a musical. Uh, songs become an important part of portraying and getting the message across right uh, for the characters mm-hmm. so um, I think uh, in in the trailer you actually see uh, you see one of it, it's actually a, a black woman singing Lisa uh, yes yeah walking towards the camera yeah. walking and as they, I guess they're all going out on strike I think yes yeah. um, uh, and it's interesting to see um, you know the the variety of characters that are that are that are portrayed in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to forget that there is all of these, uh, this, this, this mixture of cultures in Canada. Right. Usually when someone, I think we hear about a plight, maybe whether it was, you know, uh, I mean, even in the, in the film, you've got this, um, is it Ukrainian and, uh, and a Jewish woman? That yes. Are <laughs> love, yeah. To, yeah. Right. So uh, it's interesting to see this mix and, and it is part of, Canada's multiculturalism that that blends all of those things together. Right. So uh, it's now finished. It's out, is it? It is, yeah. We just had a premiere last night. Great. And uh, the word is we got a four-star review from CBC. Fabulous. And, um, yeah, it was a great, it was a, you know, uh, packed house. And uh, everyone seemed to really enjoy it so no if i'm not mistaken it's airing uh and being viewed uh for up until the 11th i think yes it is yes yeah so it's at the royal theater i'm not sure about show times but it is on until the 11th so people can go and check that yeah, out yeah come check it out please so uh you were there last night yes i was and what was it like for you to see it on the big screen it was it was great it it, it need like this film needs to be seen on the big screen to mm. appreciate it um uh, it, it looked great. It looked fantastic, and uh, it was very nice to watch in the big screen. So, it, I guess in some ways, because it's 1919 Winnipeg, um, I don't know if we can call it a period piece, but but uh, it's it's uh, historical. Do do we get to see any of the war? Is there any war scenes, or is it just people coming back? From it's the no war, war yet. Yeah, it's every, it's okay. all about uh, it's all about Winnipeg and and people. Uh, just post-war, mm. so it's all about that. Now, um, as you, as pointed out, you're you're Métis and you come from a Métis family, and and 
your your dad is is a is a Métis uh, uh, leader of sorts. Um, what what stuck out to you from the film in terms of either what has changed or what is the same or you know similarities or differences that either you were familiar with or you weren't familiar with as a person living in Winnipeg? Um, well, it, growing up, uh, I didn't really grow up with my father, mm. but I, you know, I've always had contact with him. But mm. his life was devoted to politics mm. and fighting for Métis mm. rights. Mm. Well, all First Nation people. Mm. Um, so this film, it's about rights, mm-hmm. people's rights. Mm-hmm. So I was very, very familiar with with the theme of of uh, of of fighting for rights because that's I just grew up around it. Like, you know, my, when my dad would come to town in Edmonton where I grew up, uh, you know, he'd pick me up and we'd go to uh, we'd go we'd we'd spend time together. But while he was there, he'd always take me to meetings and I'd sit and listen and and it's just, uh, it you know that's what it was. Mm. That was his life, so right. So you were always exposed to this stuff. Very exposed to it, yes. Yeah, just by being in the same room and going to these meetings and just listening. Yeah, so that must have been quite an education. Very much, very much. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. To you know, it's interesting that you get to play this role of a Métis soldier returning from from the war, uh, a decorated soldier. Um, and you mentioned that you had done research on Tommy Prince, of course, uh, one of the most uh, amazing and decorated uh, indigenous soldiers uh, of First World War as well, and, and he did some amazing things. Oh, yeah, incredible. Like, the things that he did, I, I, it's, it's just, it has to be made into a film. It <laughs> has to be, like, it's incredible. Mm. And... And um, his story, you know, most people know who he is, but <clears throat> his story really needs to be told, like, um, uh, on film. Would you say that in some ways your character touches on some of those things, though? Absolutely. Like, uh, First Nation veterans, when they came back from the war, well, even though they went overseas to fight for Canada, I mean, they, when they came back, they were just, uh, hey, you're just a, now you're, you're back home. Didn't really doesn't matter if you fought. You're still an Indian and go back to your reserve and mm. you know whatever. Or you know if you're half breed and you go back to your uh, third world uh, mm. living and mm. uh, shut your mouth. And right. I, I, of course, there were there were other options. I think for some indigenous uh, 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 soldiers that if they they gave up their uh, Handed in their status card, I think they they would get the rights that other soldiers had. I think that's what they did for some people, like because every soldier when they came back were had had were given some land, right? They okay. Were given land when they came back. So, um, but indigenous soldiers weren't given that option unless they handed in their status card. From mm. what I understand. So, you know, yeah, well, it never stopped. It was always never. Uh, it was never ever just uh, thank you. It was uh, there was always conditions, right? As as we are all familiar with. Yep. Um, so listen, you know, tell me more about about yourself and and about um, you know you you've had some other roles, you've played in some other films. Um, how long have you been? How long have you been acting for? Uh, you know, pretty much since high school, um, up until my early twenties, and I kind of 
stepped away from acting for a while because of just I uh, lost interest just mm. because of the way the the way the industry is like I could only audition for uh first nation roles mm. and I just at that time I'm like well if that's what it is not that I don't want to play first nation roles yep. but I just want to play characters yeah I don't you know I don't yep. care what their race is right but um so at that time um I'm like well I don't want to be an actor then if that's mm. all mm. I can do or mm. that's what it is but uh not until my 30s my mid 30s I think I that's when I got back into it and I'm like because I've always been around uh film the film mm. industry so uh after the hiatus mm. I realized okay I want to I, I still want to be an actor right regardless of how the industry is right and and have you found that that has changed somewhat over time? I think, you know, for sure. I mean, it's still, it's still very much that, but it, it has changed, and I think it is getting better. But, um, you know, it's a slow process um, because, you know, realistically, like if you're making a film and, you know, this character's a white guy, well, you got to get, get a white guy. and You know what I mean? So <laughs> it is what it is. Right. And I'm just kind of rolling with it and, and, and like... Uh, I still submit for roles that aren't like usually like on casting workbook. There's this, you know, they have a breakdown of all the characters, right? And usually it'll say like, okay, this this character, his name's Roy. He's uh, between uh, thirty five and forty five, and blah 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 blah. Right. And at the end of it, it'll say Caucasian. Mm. Right. And I'm like, wow, the hell with it. I'm gonna submit anyways. I just mm. submit my resume and see what happens. Right. Right. So coming back to to the movie Stand, a musical, um, uh, I'm just wondering: is there is there also dancing in it? Then, is in it Stand? Music? Yeah, you know, I don't think so. No, no, there is no, no dancing. Right. Hmm, okay, so, um, uh, but I imagine there's there's probably choreographed scenes where they're because of a of a chorus of people singing. It's probably you know yes. that kind of a scene that you would you would get. Especially with, if it's a walkout or some kind of a strike, you're going to have lots of people, yeah. um, you know, uh, on 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 uh, screen at the same time. Do you know the size of the cast? How many people are involved? You know. Well, I mean, main cast. Uh, oh Jesus, twelve main characters, right? And then a huge amount of extras. Yeah, was it was there? How, how many? Like, was there was some scenes where like? Oh yeah, the streets packed with people. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and everyone came out and did a great job, and it was just it was really cool to see, and uh, you know, it, it, the vibe on set was like everyone was just really into it, and everyone was very proud of being a part of this, right? Of the film, mm. and it was it was awesome, man. Like Winnipeg really uh, delivered. Mm. What uh, what musical pieces stand out for you? I mean, obviously, you would have seen these; they would have heard them. I well, I think I really love Lisa's song, the the one she sings at the end, uh, and when she leaves uh, her job mm. as a maid, mm. or uh, was she, was she maid? I, yeah, I don't know. Um, that song, I love that song. Mm. Um, and it, when she sings it again at the end, is is it's, I love how the film ends with her. Singing that song again is mm. it's it's, be, it's beautiful. Mm. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host David Moses. This is Moment of Truth, and my guest is Gabriel Daniels. He's a Winnipeg Indigenous actor. 
and he is here talking to us about the musical that he is in called Stand. It's uh, having its premiere, had its premiere last night, but it is on uh, tonight. Is it going to have distribution? Is it going out to theaters? Yes. Do, do you know when or is it? Is it November. In November. Okay, yeah. so look for that in your local theaters uh, coming up in November. It's called Stand. Um, now, you're obviously on, on, uh, on in this film with other people. Who are some of the other roles that you mentioned, some of the other leads that are, that are in this? Oh, well, the, the, the one guy, uh, Ryan Ash, mm-hmm. who, who plays Davey, him and I pretty much are, we, we are uh, on, on, uh, on screen together um, to do with the film, and uh, he's a great guy. Um, we had a lot of fun. Um, he actually beats me to death. I don't know if I die, but <laughs> anyways, he's a fantastic guy. I had a lot of fun with him. Um, <laughs> this is in the film. He beats you. Yeah, you got to see it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, Lisa Bell, uh, Emma. She's she was just amazing. Mm. And of course, Marshall and Lisa are are, uh, are great. And I really love watching uh, Greg Henry. Where mm. it was it was he was he was cool to be around. And. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great film. A lot of everyone did so well. So it's kind of a you know it's it's kind of uh, described has this Romeo Juliet kind of a yeah uh, of a, a situation with the um, the suffragette neighbor and uh, uh, being Stefan uh, and and also the Jewish suffragette neighbor Rebecca that that he is involved with. Yes. Now, yeah, you know what I love about that their yeah. story uh, because. You know, um, when you're talking about immigrants in Canada, and and usually um, Europeans get lumped into t- in together as one group, but just mm. like you just refer to them as white people. Mm. So it really, I like how it shows the different, like you, the Ukrainian and uh, Catholic and the Jewish girl, and and mm. that difference in in right in conflicts in the yes that's great yeah 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 i just wanted to mention that yeah well i mean it's uh and that you see that in the trailer where you know i think uh his father says uh, you know don't stop messing around with this jewish <laughs> yeah, girl and yeah. and this this uh walkout i think he says you know back to work but it, but it's really of course the other side of that that we're not that we haven't discussed so far in the story is of course is is the business the business uh the leaders in the society that don't want their work interrupted they don't want their their uh, uh their money flow to have uh impact right yeah well and if you're living high in the hog you right you got people working for you for cheap and and you know the one line that i that i saw in the trailer that i really <laughs> i thought was great was when i heard somebody say uh, you know it's 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 not against the law to speak speak the the truth yeah <laughs> or, you know come on speak your say what you you believe or whatever and the guy turns around and says well then make it illegal <laughs> it's like right yeah you know like i mean how many times does that happen mm. right and you know uh if if you look closer of course at uh at the indigenous story it isn't far uh far to find comments where that's exactly what has happened for indigenous people they have been denied their language and it was all through law right it was you know yep. everything was taken away and uh, the indian act said this the indian act said that right i mean it's, it's yeah i mean the uh the, i always like to think of it it's like well why do and i'm not bashing uh agriculture mm. but like why do why do people 
in that industry, like you know, the the coyote, the coyotes, and wolves. Well, you know, they're a problem. You mm. either kill oh, them right. or right. get them away because they're disrupting right. what we're doing. Right. Same thing with First Nations people. It's like, well, we need this land. We mm. have, you know, so we got these First Nations people living here. What are you gonna do? Got to move them. Got to either kill them, get rid of them, right. move them, change the law to 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 um for the needs of us mm-hmm. and just to control them and yeah yeah so yeah it's it's funny how they can just um change the laws for their for their needs so listen what else have you got going on what's coming up for you in the future uh well i go home and see my wife and kids that i mm. miss dearly um but i i'm starting another project called hunter hunter okay with sean linden's director oh yeah and um uh, i got a part in that play a uh I think he's a conf- conservation officer. Mm. So I'll, I'll I'll get to work on that as soon as I get home. Right. Now, you know, something you mentioned uh, about your earlier career and, and perhaps one of the reasons you decided to take a hiatus from it was because of the limited uh, uh, possibility of finding roles for yourself other than indigenous mm-hmm. uh, roles and, and only those roles that you'd be cast as. And, you know, even in the introduction, and I know that, that this is written up in here, as, but as I was saying it, I was wondering if this is something that perhaps uh, you and, and other Indigenous actors um, may may not want to always have in your, in your introduction. Why not just introduce you as Gabriel Daniels, the actor, yeah. rather than the Indigenous actor? You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, that's, there's, two, th- there's two sides to the coin on that one, but... Yeah, I'm just an actor. I'm just a guy. I mean, I you know, um, you know, if you introduce a, a non-native mm-hmm. actor, you don't say and, ca- uh, Caucasian. And this is our Caucasian <laughs> actor. That's uh, right. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, it's true. Y- we don't have to specify yep. others. So why do you have to? Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I mentioned that because I thought I was thinking it as I was saying it, and I thought, you know, why we don't have to say that? I don't have to say that. Right. Uh, it was there, but I, I guess why we do it is for our listening audience or for the audience that uh, has a sense of where you're coming from. I guess that's why we do it, right? Sure. Um, what What are we talking about? Why is this important? Or why is this person playing this character? Or why is it? Why are these things important that we're talking about? It gives us some context. I exactly, and I get that. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, there's times where you, you have to do that, but I mean, just in general, yeah, and generally speaking, uh, it's it, I don't think it's necessary. I I agree. So I, I agree. mean, that's you know one way we can we don't have to identify each other all the time. We can mm. just not do that, and then we'd uh, probably start treating each other better. I think it just mm. changing the mindset mm. and that in that respect but is there anything else uh, about the film itself stand that you want to bring up or mention that we haven't touched on um yeah no i just you know uh the character i played gabriel um yeah that's interesting in itself is you play the gabriel <laughs> with, with your own your own name my own name yeah, yeah. no it's cool it made it easy mm. um and no one was confused but uh yeah i love his character he's he's very uh forward thinking mm. um and you know, especially for a, a guy like him at that time, what he would have gone through as a, as a Métis man, um, I you know, like the things I got to deal with today are, I I you know, things are great. Like I mm. have no problems. Mm. 
but uh, what he what he what he would have experienced in his life at that time and the way he was thinking and uh, you know he's he was like he he uh, his friend Davy who's um, he's he's feeling very threatened by these immigrants coming in and and taking jobs from others so my character is trying to tell him hey man like we're all in this together like just you know be cool but um and it's it's very uh timely like because especially with what's going down in the states and Mm -hmm. so it's it's uh it it rings true for our current yes uh that's what's trying to say society and what's going on absolutely yeah well it sounds it sounds like uh uh, a good uh, film to check out and see. Congratulations. Thank you very much. By the way. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, it, it's great to see you're doing this, and congratulations to uh, the work that you've done in the past and all the best in the future. Look forward to seeing uh, you in more stuff. And Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope to keep working. And do, you do, uh, do you do much theater as well? Do you, do no, you? I mean, I've done theater. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's something I like to get back into. Mm. It, there's something about... Um, performing in a live audience is uh, it's a real rush mm. and I can't describe it but it's it's uh, very intimate and I, I love that uh, I love that the being on stage so um, I would like to do theater again I just uh, if it happens it happens so I don't nice. know, we'll see okay and that is the voice of Gabriel Daniels. He is a Winnipeg actor, and he was here to speak to us about the new film he's in, which uh, which premiered last night in Toronto at the uh, uh, Royal Theatre, and it is on until the 11th of September. It's going to have a wider distribution in November, so look for that. It's a musical called Stand, and it will be out uh, later on, so make sure to check that out. I want to say thanks, Chimigwech, uh, for coming in, and we appreciate you taking the time to do so. Thank you very much. It's it was a great pleasure to be here. It's great having you here. Thank you. Right. I also want to say Nyawa, Miigwech, Wanishi, and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy, and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zaboken, Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa, Miigwech, and thanks for listening. <laughs>